The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR. If I were to ask you, what do you see for yourself following the HSC? All this stress and effort, sleepless nights and early mornings, when you are prompted to select your preferred courses, or when the test is finally completed and the time has come where you are anxiously awaiting the results, or when your heart hammers in anticipation of acceptance to your preferred course. When all these things eventually lapse on you, have you thought about what to do next? Do you have just one career in mind? Would you broaden your options to an entire field? What is it that draws you to one career path over another? And if you have no idea what career you wish to pursue, then what careers are you not driven towards? It is important to leave room for a contingency plan, to consider other pathways if things don't work out the way that you'd hoped. It is important to remember that you are never out of options and that there is always another way, but it has to come from you. You have to take the initiative. Ask yourself, what am I inclined towards? What skills do I already have? or have always wanted to develop? What type of work environment do I thrive in? Am I an independent worker, or am I better when part of a team? Career aptitude tests can inspire questions such as this to help paint a picture of where it is that you wish to be. But that is just one part of the equation, right? Don't we also need a plan for the journey and not just the destination? And is uni the only way to go? In fact, is uni the best route in every case? University can definitely prove advantageous for the pursuit of certain paths over others, one pathway being more costly, time-consuming, theory-based or difficult does not necessitate its importance, applicability, prestige or superiority over another. So let's dive into the technicalities together and learn about when it is advised to pursue university and when it makes more sense to pursue an alternative pathway. So today I'm joined by Natasha. Natasha, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, sure. So my name is Natasha and I work for a company called Year 13 and I look after um, leadership operations here. So I work really closely with our two founders and CEOs um, to really drive the operational functions of the business. For those of you who may not have heard of us before, Year 13 is an edutech platform, um, really helping to upgrade the school to work transition and helping young people make better decisions about their future. Amazing. So I think it's um, it's pretty fitting for me to ask you just to generally give us a rundown of some of the pathways that can be taken after finishing high school or the HSC. Yeah, of course. So it may seem like there's only really one or two pathways, you know, uni or TAFE, but there are so many opportunities nowadays for young people. Um, you can go into tertiary education, vocational through the TAFE sector, but there's also things like apprenticeships, traineeships, internships, um, you know, you can go on a gap year, you can go work abroad, do short courses, um, or you can even just go into work straight away. Um, I actually went straight into work um, out of school, worked for a year um, so that I could figure out what I actually wanted to do. Um, Then I went into study. After the end of my study, uh, the first year, I then found a job that I really enjoyed in the industry that I was studying. So I worked there for a couple of years and then Um, I went on a a delayed gap year. So then I I went over to the US and I worked for a year, um, came back, completed my study, um, went back into work and and now I'm at year 13. So it's really not the traditional linear pathway that a lot of people might think it is. Um, There's a lot of changes that have happened, particularly over the last five years and even post um, the COVID pandemic, you know, there's a lot of skill shortages happening um, across the country at the moment. So industry and employers and even the government are setting up some incredible programs and opportunities that um, really fostering young people's learning and further education and employment. So there's opportunities um, and that's kind of what we try to provide at Year 13, all those opportunities that are available. Excellent. So you were mentioning a variety of different pathways and you actually, you drawed on your own experiences in taking a different pathway. So tell me, in your experience, did you realise that there was a lot of pushback or a lot of stigma when uh, you decided to go on an alternative pathway? Oh, definitely. Um, I remember finishing year 12 and a lot of my friends and peers knew exactly what they wanted to do and whether that was going into medicine. And I felt really subliminal because I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so then, you know, when I tell people that I'm going straight into working, I, I worked at a cafe for a year, there was a very much a stigma attached to that. And, you know, people kind of saw you as less than, um, but I definitely think that's changing now. And there's so much support around particularly vocational education and short courses and, and the TAFE sector. And, you know, there's these fee-free courses that the government's offering for students. So if you don't know what you want to do, 100% try a short course, try a TAFE course, because you're not going to end up with debt at the end of it if it turns out that you actually don't enjoy it and you want to change pathway. Let's just start with um, the most common of pathways, which is higher education. So can you just introduce us to higher education and when would it be favourable for some students to pursue this pathway? Yeah, so the way I see higher education is really any education beyond high school. Um, so basically any of the the pathways that I've already listed. Um, to be honest, the only time we'd go straight into higher education, particularly, you know, into a university course is if you know 
what exactly it is you want to pursue in terms of a career or an industry, um, then going into higher education straight out of school is great. It's fantastic. You're going to get the qualifications you need and, and the learning you need. But if you don't know and you aren't really sure, then take your time and explore different options, you know, try different jobs, go traveling, try short courses to help yourself figure out what it is you really enjoy. And something really interesting as well is that when you look at uh, a university student compared to an apprentice um, financially, upon graduating, uh, an apprentice is $200,000 ahead of their university counterparts when you factor in debt and you factor in on-the-job learnings. Um, So it's really not a decision that should just be taken because you think it's the right thing to do or because you're getting pressure from your peers or your school or even your parents. And a lot of research does suggest that higher education of some kind is extremely beneficial, but there's so many ways of gaining this education beyond school now, including those on-the-job learning opportunities, which are really valued by employers and industry now too. You did mention vocational education a lot when covering the, Mm the different pathways that you can take after school. For those who might not know or have heard that term before, can you just explain what vocational education is and when would this pathway be favourable? Yeah, sure. So vocational education is typically what's referred to as TAFE um, and it's really practical learning opportunities. So TAFE courses are very hands-on. It's very work-based learning, which means that you're not just learning from textbooks and articles and sitting exams. You're actually really getting involved in the practical application of these courses and the industries that they're in. I recently spoke with someone in the, the film and media industry and they said that a lot of graduates who are coming through the university system or the tertiary education system are really lacking a lot of that hands-on experience and they're finding that their TAFE students who have graduated from that vocational sector are really equipped with way more of the skills that are necessary for this kind of job Um, and we're finding that across the board. But the other way to think of vocational education is a great on-ramp to further education and employment. Like I mentioned, there's so many fee-free TAFE courses now, um, which have come out of the Australian government. And it's a great way to, you know, kickstart your your career in a certain industry or explore different options. And then these can then be used as recognition for prior learning if you do decide then to go to university or you can go straight into employment. And a lot of vocational education now provides a direct link with employment upon graduation. So you're mentioning some of the benefits of vocational education is that it's more hands-on, which is more practical when you actually get into the workforce. And you mentioned that it actually gives you some references, some connections for networking purposes when you want to actually be employed. Yeah, exactly. You know, with um, hands-on learning in the TAFE, a lot of it is, you know, on-the-job learning or you're going into these environments where these jobs are, are happening. So, you know, if you're learning a trade, you'll more often than not, you'll actually go to these different work sites or different workshops and learn from experienced people who are already in that field. And it really just gives you um, a really big edge over tertiary education, at least at that point, because you're getting that hands-on experience. So you were mentioning that TAFE or the vocational education sector is favourable even alongside higher education. So can Mm -hmm. you tell me some scenarios of when these kinds of things would go hand in hand and when people would probably pursue both pathways? 
Um, so I think a good starting point there is if you aren't sure what you're going to do. Um, so like I've mentioned with these fee-free courses, it's a great opportunity to just try some different industries, t- try some different um, courses that you think you might be interested in because you're going to get great hands-on experience, but you're not then racking up a hex debt, um, which unfortunately is what happens with a, a tertiary education. Another great way that you might use both of them are if you've come out of school and maybe you didn't get the the marks that you wanted for a certain course, nine and a half times out of 10, there'll be a, a vocational course or a TAFE course that you can complete, which will then provide you a, a straight pathway into that original tertiary education course that you were hoping to go into um, by using that as a recognition of prior learning and actually marking off um, you know, credits in, in different units of uni courses. Um, so I think they really do go hand in hand. And we are also seeing a lot of um, collaboration between unis and TAFEs now, which is a really big change. And it's super important because it's really implementing that hands-on learning within the uni environment. Um, so the more that that increases and, and the more that that grows, um, it's really going to benefit young people. I see a lot of benefit from for example, considering a vocational education pathway, considering that a lot of students think that the HSC and the marks that they get during the HSC are the be or end or. But what you've mentioned so far tells me that there's also, you know, a second chance of sorts for these students that don't get the marks that they want. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you personally, I've probably had to use my ATAR once since I've finished school. There's a really a huge amount of unnecessary pressure and stress put on students going through the ATAR um, because at the end of the day, it's not a direct reflection of your your skills or your strengths. It's, it's a ranking that, that literally stands for the Australian Tertiary Administration Ranking. So you're being ranked against your peers and against other schools, depending on how you perform throughout the two years. So it just sets a lot of students up for stress when, you know, beyond school, it's very rarely used. And I actually read an article the other day on university admissions and university undergrads that said only 30% on average of undergrad students are actually in university based off their ATAR. So that means the other 70% have actually gotten into their uni course, whether that's through the university's alternative entry ways, um, whether that's early entry, alternative short courses that they do in order to on-ramp students, or they have come through the vocational sector and then they've used that that prior learning to then onboard them into um, a university course. Um, so I think it's really important to keep in mind that there are so many other options. And if a uni degree is what you want to pursue, there are always ways to get in if you do not make the exact mark um, that you're after. Yeah. So all in all, an ATAR is important. And of course, ideally, you would want to do well. It's just not the be or end or all the only pathway for you, really. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what we know from surveying our own audience is that uh, 91% of Gen Z say that they experience some kind of emotional or physiological stress-related symptom as a result of their school-to-work journey. And a lot of that does come down to the pressure that is placed on young people to perform well for their ATAR. Um, you know, maybe once upon a time, it, it was a lot more important when it came to further education and employment. Um, but that's not 
the only thing that employers, industry and educational institutions are looking for when they're hiring people now. They're really looking at the full picture of a student and, you know, what are their skills, what are their interests, and then using that to really form the, the full picture of a young person. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of our listeners who are doing their HSC or have been doing their HSC were vigorously shaking their heads as you were talking about the mental health impact <laughs> of the HSC because I know oh, I absolutely. was. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, so um, I did want to go back to one of the pathways that I'm not sure if we mentioned it yet, but I did want to speak about it. Um, can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about college and when someone might decide to enter college? Yeah, to be honest, from where I am and and where we work predominantly, the way I see college is just another kind of form of an educational institution. Um, Some of the colleges we work with, they're a bit more specialised. For example, there's the Australian College of Physical Education. So if if what you want to do is within the, the realm of physical education, it's a much more targeted approach of learning. Um, yeah, in terms of that, though, I, I would say they're, they're quite similar um, and it's just another opportunity to, to further your learning. You did also mention internships as a pathway. Yes. Would you like to delve yeah. into more detail about internships? Yeah, absolutely. Um, internships are a lot of fun. Um, I did a few myself when I was um, going through my own school to work journey and, and figuring out what I wanted to do. And it's just a, an op- an opportunity to really step inside a, a workplace or, you know, an industry or a company that you're really interested in um, and get that on the job experience. So you're learning um, and you're getting to work with people who are in that field and, um, you know, you get to follow people around uh, in their day-to-day role and it sometimes they're, you know, one day a week for six weeks or it might be three days a week or you might just do two full weeks. But like I mentioned with skill shortages at the moment and a lot of places are struggling to find employees, these companies are offering all these great programs. You know, you could get to experience these really cool companies and really, you know, cool emerging tech companies, um, which I think are a great industry and something really exciting for young people to explore. But it's just another great pathway to, to think about and to pursue and to look into if you aren't 100% sure what you want to do. And to be honest, very rarely do we find anyone who actually knows what they want to do for the rest of their lives when they're, when they're that young. So I just think explore all your options and, and try these other opportunities that are available. A lot of students, as you said, we just have absolutely no idea. And we feel yeah. this immense pressure of mm-hmm. going into a pathway straight away and just committing to it. And that's going to be, you know, what we're known by for the rest of our lives. And whenever anyone asks us, honestly, after we finish our HSC or even during, we are expected to have that answer ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a huge issue that needs to change really across society. What we know is that over the path of, of your lifetime, I think it's young people have seven seven to ten different jobs um, and the focus now is not on the role itself it's really on the skills that you're learning so you might be a carpenter um, straight out of school you might go into a trade and, and do carpentry but then you might look at the tech industry although you're, you're labeled as the carpenter that's that's what you do but if you really strip it back and, and look at those foundational skills you know creativity, problem solving, analytical thinking, 
these are skills that can be transferred across different industries and are extremely valuable for so many different industries. So it's really about understanding those skills and understanding that these are transferable skills. You know, obviously there's job specific um, skills and um, techniques when it comes to carpentry, but the actual skills that are required to perform these tasks are what enable you to to move across industries and and really not position yourself or box yourself into to one set job. Absolutely, especially as you find that in a lot of jobs that you go into, there's a lot of fluidity with the roles that you have. So you might have yeah, anything absolutely. from social media roles to you know IT to uh, you know interpersonal skills and things like that. So all of these skills that you gain through whatever pathway that you go into, they're transferable no matter where you go. You're going to find absolutely that these things translate well into whatever job you do, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even just myself, I started at year 13 in the commercial team. Um, no commercial experience. I've, I've worked in radio advertising. I've worked in social media. Um, so I joined the commercial team and, you know, I was there for about nine months and the skills I learned there enabled me to then move into my new role, which is much more operational. And, and what I mean by that is that I really make sure that our executive team and our founders are able to operate efficiently and productively. And, you know, three years ago, if you had asked me about this role, I wouldn't have even known what it was. So it just shows that you just have to get into something and then explore the opportunities, even within that workplace or within the industry, um, and just really always focus on trying to learn more. Because at the end of the day, continuous learning and and lifelong learning is um, valuable. Exactly. And, you know, all that learning if you get nothing out of it when you do go into the field that you eventually want to get into, you can say that you built some sort of confidence in your abilities. Exactly, exactly. And we really encourage that and, and really try and foster that in young people to to empower them to feel that confidence in making um, decisions and, and feeling confident with their futures, which um, is something that unfortunately is lacking a bit these days. Um, so that's where we really try and um, come in and support young people and empower them to make these decisions. Absolutely. And I do have another question for you. Do you think that with all of these alternative pathways, do you think that's sort of lessened the pressure on ATAR students leaving their HSC? Definitely, definitely. Because I think, like we said, it's not the be all and end all. If you don't get, you know, a 98 ATAR to get into this course that you wanted, that's totally fine. Go and do a really cool TAFE course. Um, You're going to get way more hands-on learning. You get to actually be doing practical things and and actually learning the skills and then use that to then go into the the uni course if that's still what you want to do. But again, just be open to all the opportunities, look around, explore what's out there and also talk to people because Talking to people is how you, you know, you learn about different industries, you learn about different jobs and, and what people do and um, that's invaluable. Absolutely. And I think I just have one more question for you before I let you go. Yeah. Um, we've talked about so many positives of these alternative pathways today. All I've heard mm-hmm. was all of the things that you can gain. But why are some people still sceptical about considering alternative pathways? I think a lot of that unfortunately does come from those key influences um, for young people. So, you know, that's parents, that's your school and career advisor. Um, and it's it's an old school way of thinking. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, you know, parents, they only know what they know. And 
they need a, a way to be able to educate themselves and become informed about the the amazing pathways that are out there beyond just ATAR pathways. That's where we also play a big role in, in educating parents about these opportunities because we know that 75 or 80% of students say that their number one influence in their um, school-to-work pathway is their parents. So we really um, feel a, a responsibility there to inform the parents so that they're able to help their students and their kids make these well-informed decisions and, you know, explore these really cool new industries and new pathways. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day in the renewables energy space and one of the jobs is controlling underwater robotics. Um, And it's just this awareness um, of the opportunities that are out there that um, really needs to be brought to the surface. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Natasha. And I did want to ask if you had uh, a final word that you wanted to share to the HSC students coming up. Honestly, I would just say don't think about it as the be all and end all because it's not. And despite what you might be hearing around you or the pressures that you might be feeling, there are opportunities. And I can say as someone who's gone through it and has thought that it was the only option when finishing school, uh, I'm so glad that I did not go straight into university and that I had a chance to to explore different opportunities. Well, thank you so much, Natasha, for all the helpful advice. No problem. Thank you so much. Take care. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR.